And then we enter um, the infamous Amber Autumn Retrieval Arc, the section where I was gone for a bunch of time back in June of 2022. I don't... I don't know that I ever said this to you for the record. Um, I, like, there's, like, eight weeks of shit in here. Like, this is, like, two months of content that that you put out while I was AWOL. And I am really, really grateful that you did that. Like, I, I was not in a place to be recording at the time. I just, like both logistically and emotionally I was out of it and I it's not I don't necessarily feel bad about not being able to record but I was also like not communicating with you well about it and um and I should have been and I'm sorry about that and you went ahead and just like put in all of the work of organizing a shit ton of guests and putting out a bunch of stuff while I was gone and really really carrying this project and I I'm 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 super grateful. Thank you so much for doing that. I don't know if I ever like said that to you, but like it was a lot of work that's and I all, can tell and thank you. That's all really nice to hear and I I I just appreciate this little moment we're having right now live on air. Yeah, it was it was no problem. Sorry. The the hardest part to to talk about the Amber Retrieval arc for a little bit. The hardest part for me wasn't even so much like editing or lining things up, but it was that like period where you just were not responding and that's not even like the there is, like, because we have this creative project we do together, like, somewhat of a business relationship, I feel, at least in the back of my mind, but more so just, like, I'm a little worried about my friend's overall well-being. Yeah, I was not doing well. Um, yeah, my, my friend wasn't doing well, and that was hard, and I found a way to keep the show going for a little bit, and that's that's that on that. That's, that's the Amber Retrieval, the infamous Amber infamous. Retrieval arc. Let's so rank... Let's, so, let's rank some of these OCs, my man. Episode 39 is Harry Potter. We bring Bob back to make James Gandolfini <laughs> the Brooklyn wizard. I'm so mad. Like, this is 100% my fault. But, like, the instant I leave, um, you make a Harry Potter OC. And I'm livid because I really want to do a Harry Potter episode. So look forward to us revisiting Harry Potter in some at some point in the future. Because I have a lot of Harry Potter opinions. And I think I could make an interesting episode in it. Um, but instead, we have one with Bob, um, who's an Italian, <laughs> and that's, like, his whole thing. I love James Gandolfi. I am quoted in this episode as saying, this is the most confident I have ever been that this character will just show up <laughs> yeah. in Harry Potter proper. <laughs> 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 you, you talk about understanding the assignment. We specifically made a Fantastic Beast movies character. Yeah. Those movies are not fucking good. <laughs> this character is not fucking good. It is bordering on offensive. I think we fucking nailed it. I think God James Gandolfini. <laughs> I like. I feel S tier in my heart, but I want to say A tier to be objective. But this one's a fucking banger. Fine, A tier. Hell yeah. I don't get to disagree with you about any of these. Whoa! I have an extremely nice strong one, opinion baby. about exactly one of these, and we'll get there. Oh, that's interesting. Um, uh, episode 40 is, we talk about Yakuza. Kane comes on. Um, Ooh, this is character I can't name because the anime naming convention is to have, like, multi-layered puns that absolutely do not translate. So I talked to Taylor because they speak some Japanese, and I was like, how would you say grave man or dead man and they were like i think it would be like this and so that's what i typed in i think this character is 
fine. I think this episode is pretty good. I think that's where I come down on it. I think we came up with a... I think I would feel like I'd want to feel them higher if we really played out what the boss fight looks like as opposed to just kind of a silly gimmick. I I think D. I think this is a character I'm going to throw in D okay. tier. Okay. Yeah, I'm not fully going to disagree. I think that I might go as high as C, but uh, you're the Yakuza. You're the Yakuza boy in this in this podcast, so I'm not I'm not going to lie. I think some of it is I feel like we have I feel like D is pretty empty and this just I, It I is. Feel like it's true. We could, yeah. And then we have long time coming episode forty one, Ben Shapiro's novel True Alliance <laughs> with King <Katie laughs> The True Allegiance episode was one of my favorite fucking episodes. It was just me telling Kane all about Ben Shapiro's yeah, horrible was. prose and watching Kane sink into his fucking seat and feel worse. And then we made just like a person who definitely exists. This motherfucker is probably my neighbor. I fucking... Colt Spurs works because Colt Spurs is a real fucking person. Like, you want to talk about characters being three-dimensionals? Colt Spurs is a human being who doesn't see his kids because he lost in divorce court. <laughs> Fuck it. S-tier for Colt Spurs. I am not putting Colt Spurs in s Are we putting Colt Spurs in S-tier? Really? That's, I, like, I, I feel, I feel a mythic because he is such, like, a real person in my mind who exists. You can, Jesus. I'm willing okay. to be talked down, but that's my gut reaction. You know what? Cold Spurs, <laughs> S-tier. Cold Spurs, S-tier, baby! Alright, and then we, we get, we get Kylon to talk about Gendi Tartarovsky's Primal. This is an episode where my mixing job is not great the mic technique is just it, it's just it, it comes down to mic technique i didn't place it right the spacing was a little off i think this character is pretty basic pretty simple but that's some of the fun of primal is it is sort of elemental basic things scrapping I like the idea here. I think it's a good idea. I think it's executed in a fun way. I think it harkens back to a part of Primal that gets a little overlooked in its roots of being references to Conan, and I'm forgetting the artist who's sort of a founding father of that sword and sorcery cover art. I like Big Wing. I like the I like the closing bit of uh, Fang has a crush on him. I'm thinking I'm thinking B. I I think B. I was also thinking B. Yeah, it's it was kind of an interesting one like getting to listen to the Amber Retrieval arc and like listening to parts of my podcast that I'm not on like in the way that a listener would listen to it. Um kind of a, a, a unique experience. Was this the episode that you had thoughts on or are there other uh, ones? I don't really remember. No. The Amber so the next one that we have um is that we have Episode 43, Becca comes on to talk about Kiki's delivery service. I feel really weird about ranking this one because I, I another thing I want to talk about the Amber Retrieval arc, I think a skill I definitely got was like interviewing and sort of like there will often come moments in the podcast where we pause and we need to get on track. And I think having guests who are not used to being on podcasts and particularly on this podcast, I definitely developed a skill of asking a question that can direct in a certain way. 
I think I didn't do that super well here. I think the episode's good. I just don't think it comes well because this is Becca's self-insert into a Studio Ghibli movie before it is an original character, so it feels weird to rank it. Oh, because where do I rank my personal mm-hmm. friend Becca? Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> just off to the side, right parentheses, we love you, Becca. <laughs> sure. Can I, can I throw you a curveball? Yeah, go um, for it. This is probably my favorite episode of the podcast. Really? I am I am in love with the Kiki's Delivery Service episode. I on like genuinely, it made me cry when I listened to it for the first time. Wow. Seriously. Have to let back and I yeah, it is it is earnestly, like honestly, one of the best episodes we've done. It's, I joke about episodes I do being video essays I didn't want to write. Becca, Becca wrote, wrote it. it. She came prepared you can with tell. notes. It's fucking good. She came in with like <laughs> notes on like like she referenced studies and shit. I like so much of it. Like you talked about like how do I rank my dear friend Becca? And like to me the answer is I rank my dear friend Becca in S tier. Like like this this episode is her all over it. Like we have a lot of episodes where we have someone on to talk about a thing that they love and they add a lot to the podcast. This was an episode where like Becca had you on. Like she was in control. Of that episode, <laughs> like truly, it was like, like the epi- that episode was her space, and she was using it to like talk about her and her feelings and her experiences, and and she brings like such a such a warmth and such a. I just love Becca. I just love Becca, and um, it was wonderful to be able to. Um, hear her talk about a thing that she loves for a while. Um, I think she's really good at it, and I want to have her on for an episode when I'm on. Please. You know what? Where do you rank the totality of a actual human being who has been my friend for a decades, as opposed to all of these fictional ideas? Becca's better than all of them. You're right. S tier, obviously. <laughs> Becca the Garden Witch is S tier. Becca the Garden Witch is S tier. You were correct. Please tell her that I, I don't have wrong. her contact information. <laughs> I absolutely will. Becca's getting a message from me. <laughs> uh, then we have the Titans finale special. That's episode 44. We're skipping that. It's just Evan talking about Titans. It's just me telling you a show that is bad is in fact bad. Episode 45, Kane is back again to continue with the high school D&D AQ um, for Wolf the Werewolf and Tech the Volcel Technomorph. I feel... More or less the same about how I feel with Grub. I these are very self-indulgent episodes. They they expand my mind palace. I don't know how much that means when it comes to because this is a show. This is a product we are producing and shooting out there. I don't know if that makes for good listening, but in terms of being self-indulgent, I like them. Same same exact ranking I put Garbazel under the Yeah, C, sit in C right next to them. Yep, C right next to them. They're all they're hanging out I at have prom. written down high school D&D AU, and it's like the last thing in C, so I get to just write a little parenthesis. This is all afterwards. Um, 
<laughs> and then the last episode of the Amber Retrieval arc is episode 46, where Kane is back once again to talk about Kingdom Hearts. Um, we did a Kingdom Hearts episode with Tayshawn way, way, way back in the day, one of our very first episodes. Um, and that episode got lost. We don't have somebody's audio for that. So um, this is this is our next attempt at Kingdom Hearts without me there to not know anything about Kingdom Hearts. I think this is a phenomenal episode example of Kingdom Hearts. This is understanding the assignments in the sense of Kingdom Hearts when you don't just engage with it on an emotional level, when you try to engage with it on a literal plot beat-by-beat level, it is rambling nonsense. And I think this episode is a little loose and a little scattershot. It's not the most focused thing we've ever done. All that being said, I like this episode. I think, because we lost the Metal Gear episode, I think Kane episodes are great for the conversation, the lead-up, and I think... The OCs get a little left behind in just the excitement and joy we can bring when talking about a thing as opposed to like, because the Metal Gear episode, we're just like, and here's it, here's it, here's it, here's it, here's it. I think we come up with a character like really fast and we kind of have it. And I I think I want to throw it in C again. Okay. And then we are back to me being on the podcast with the Rick Riordan verse featuring Noah um uh rick riordan i love as a a a place to have an episode set in uh we made cole banks and anders lysmith the nft bros we're back to nfts um these are um kids of like i think it's loki and hephaestus i forget who exactly they are but um they're demigods who like invent nfts basically in this in this version of the world which i think is a wonderful pitch and I love Noah to death. I think that of the two appearances that Noah has had on this podcast, um, this is probably the weaker one of the two, personally. Which, you know, fair enough. That's interesting, because I kind of feel the opposite. And you talked oh, really? about this podcast being, like, an interesting live journal. This is an episode where I feel bad about performance, because I was doing terribly when we recorded this episode i week was bad i wasn't performing all that great i like (laughs) cole and lie smith and i think a lot of what comes down to the liking of them is again ocs right self-indulgent things i recently have gotten back into south park and i've fallen down the butters x kenny ship pipeline i am i'm not i don't have a tumblr but i have one open and i scroll through it because there is very cute butters and kenny fan art that makes me smile and i i think we made these two characters to be shipped and i think they have a cute dynamic that works together i think this episode it's a little long but it's pretty good and i definitely feel like it's something we should come back to I, yeah, I think it's something we should come back to where an I could perform better. I, I'm a, I'm a little higher on them than I think you are. I mean, I think that um, I uh, my my instinct would be B tier personally. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me. They're very cute, and that's most of what I have to say about them. I want I want people's fan art on Tumblr about that. Would be good. Too. Yeah. Episode forty eight. Um, we make a Doctor Who villain. Um, the assistant, the the TARDIS engineer, it's a it's a former companion of the Doctor, who has turned into a villain, um, is resentful of the Doctor's new adventures, and it's sort of like a meta commentary on old Who fans being mad at new Who stuff. 
I think that's kind of an old hat idea. That's fucking syndrome from Incredibles. I'm pretty high on this one because we picked John Boyega, and that just that's true. Yeah, it just go a long way. That does way. a lot. That does John John Boyega carries a lot of weight. Where where are you where are you feeling for this one? This was your episode. Yeah, this one I. I, I think there's this funny effect on this show that I'm, like, noticing as we go through this, where the more excited you are about a particular property, like, the harder it is to feel good about that episode in the final analysis. Like, I love the run of Doctor Who that we're talking about here so, so much that it, like, is kind of hard for me. Like, listening to the episode, I, like it, like, I struggle because I'm like, this isn't as good as I know it could be. And so that makes me want to place it a little bit lower. Casting John Boyega does a lot. I think B tier, again. Yeah, I'm I'm down I'm down for B tier. The assistant belongs firmly in a B. That works for me. Then we have how we do ice climbers. <sighs> Talk about being attached to a property makes you feel worse about it. This is an episode where I listened to it and I was very down about the product we made that week. I and I think a lot of that is hypercritical. I'm very it's arguably my favorite Nintendo property. It's difficult to rank this one too because it's not an OC. It's how we'd handle a video game. What are what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's a little bit of a weird position in our whole thing that we're doing here uh, there's not a lot of episodes that are really doing exactly what this is doing because like the other how we do episodes are all about how we do something narratively and this is like asking us to come up with a gaming thing which makes it very interesting and different i feel medium about our ice climbers take but i also feel medium about ice climbers in general are you feeling c or d if you think that it's worth a D, I'm willing to put it in D. I think D with an understanding that we could come back and do better. I, that's, that's, Cheers. I, I end my Why Ice Climbers Deserve Better video. First video I ever made that I wrote. Um, and I think it holds up. It's a good video. Ice Climbers. Thank you. I think Ice Climbers represent unbridled potential. And I do not think we rose to that potential they represent. So I think I'm going to place our ice climbers in D. Uh, then we have James Bond. We talk about James Bond. We make Reverend Jacob the animal lover. Um, it's, it's, it's our boy Oscar Isaac playing uh, a, a Bond villain um, named Reverend Jacob. Who's trying to like recreate the arc, basically. Episodes where we cast him definitely do a lot of points because I'm like, I, I think he's kind of fine. But then I was like, oh, yeah, Oscar Isaac. Those are some, get some right? extra points. You just cast a charismatic actor in it and suddenly we're like, oh, but maybe this character is, <laughs> oh, okay. Are actors good at what they do? <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Where this this was a you episode you watched uh, I feel like you watched James Bond but still don't have like a deep emotional resonance with James yeah, Bond so how do you sort feel? of interesting I watched all twenty eight James Bond movies over the course of a single month and then I came out of it like am I a fan of this I don't know like maybe not but I have like an understanding of it I guess now at least I feel pretty mid about Reverend Jacob he's not bad 
Uh, he's probably on the upper tier of Bond villains, but I maybe don't care that much about Bond villains. Yeah, he's mid. I will just say over, like, examine because this is a victory lap and a retrospective and all that. I think this, because I talked about, like, asking questions that will get back on track and kind of solve the puzzle of a character. I think this is one of the first examples of us being together and me being able to do that. So I appreciate this episode for that, mm-hmm. but I, I I think it's I think Reverend I think it's a C. C. Yeah, C. We we now we talk about Dungeons and Daddy season one, way, way after talking about season two. Hans comes back and we talk about Job, um, the sexy rabbi, <laughs> uh, who we misnamed <laughs> Yeah he is. <laughs> we we misnamed him, but he's named Job and that is just what his name is now and we're all gonna be okay with that. We are walking in the footsteps of the Bible. <laughs> We're walking. <laughs> Job Avadon, the dad who treats fatherhood like more of a task. The thing I... Okay, so I am very attached to the Dungeons and Daddies characters we've made because I like that first season quite a bit. Um, and in the mind space I play where I'm a member of the podcast, I say... Uh, hello, everyone. I'm Prince Devin, and I play Job Avedon, a dad who excels in the fundamental theory of fatherhood, but fails in the literal practice of such. So I've got a lot of built... I, going back to, like, emotional investment, I love Job a lot. I li- I come back to this character quite often, and his dynamic with the other dads and the other kids and Denise, and I've gotten truly emotional playing those scenes out in my head. I don't know how much of that comes across in the episode. I yeah. haven't gone back to it, but emotionally for me, this is a, this is a pretty high tier character. How are you feeling like, about sort all of that? Similarly, like I, I give a lot of myself in that episode. Like we, like, I think both of us have spent a lot of time across this season talking about our respective daddy issues. Or, I mean, you've spent a lot of time talking about your daddy issues, but mine really only kind of come out in that one episode. Yeah, it's it's a pretty personal episode, I think, for both of us. Which makes it hard, because neither of us can be the objective one. <laughs> we, have to, we have to call on. I'm tempted to go A or B. I I want to go A. I, I, I want to go A. This is, yeah, this is, we've, 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 I've asked the question before, how many of these characters stick with you? I've, like, written mini scenes with Job and Denise and sent them to Hans with Job. So he's, yeah, I, yeah, Job Avedon, love you, buddy. Um, and then we have episode 52. Oh, bless you, episode 52. Devin, do you know what episode 52 is? Episode 52 is Death Note. Do you know what Death Note means? <laughs> Death Note means it's time to run to rank Bunt Jackson. Here's, here's the thing. When I typed out the list, I wrote Bunt Jackson in cap locks. And when Amber read it Jackson back, with a C-A in Bunt Jackson. <laughs> Amber read it back and they were like love that it's in cap locks and I said it just felt right here's the thing is that like that episode is like fine it's mid it's not that good um and then we get to it like the character's not that good either but then you get to the part where we name him Bud Jackson 
and we just do this thing that we're doing right now where we crack up for no reason it hasn't gotten old i'm not over the joke yet it's still funny <laughs> everything is overshadowed by a stupid <laughs> fucking name and amber and i have found an in joke that i don't think anyone else gives a shit actually no, no 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 here's you know what you talk about mythical Remember how I say, if you laughed at Bunt Jackson, Venmo me $5. No. Isaac Venmo me $5. <laughs> so now we must ask the question, are we trash enough to put Bunt Jackson in S tier? It's like in some ways it deserves it. Like if S tier is just does the character have mythical status on the podcast? Is the character now a part of the lore? Is the character an in joke that we reference afterwards? Then the answer is yes. If the question is like, is the character good? Like if the question is just, is the character good enough to be on S tier? The answer is absolutely not. Not even close for Bunt Jackson. He's fine. Oh, I'm I'm torn. Okay, okay, here's what I'm gonna come down to. Mythical is a factor. Mythical is not the end all be all. Because if we are trying to hold ourselves to a higher standard, Job Avedon is an emotionally raw character, and it would feel wrong to put a character who is a funny fucking name <laughs> above Job. So I ca I can't. He's mythical. Yes, and we acknowledge it. It's funny. I made money off of the name. I I cannot in good faith put him in S. <laughs> Can we make an argument for A tier? I think the argument would be we tanked an episode of our own podcast by just laughing for oh. five minutes at the end of it. Okay, it's B tier then, right? Oh, it's, it's B tier. B -tier. It's, it's B tier. I love B you, Bunt. I love you, Bunt Jackson. <laughs> you are you're you're B tier, and honestly, that's generous. Honestly, that's too high for you. I, we're talking about it like it's a horrible character. Like, it's not. Like, it's fine. The character is fine. He's not, like, stupid. He's a false prophet who's, like, pretending to be Kira. And uh, uh, L gets really pissed about it because he's an egotist. But um, but he has a funny name because all the Death Note characters have funny names. <laughs> Bunt Jackson. Bunt Jackson and his cousin Mike. Next up. We're, we're doing it again. Next. 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 Next person. Next episode 53 monster prom we this is one of the episodes um modeled after the becca episode where we make ourselves as monster prom characters this one's gonna be really tough for me to rank because i can rank becca as s tier easily it feels weird to put myself in s tier just because i made myself as a character you know what i mean are we allowed to move us because it's like who can look at themselves of who doesn't like I have depression and I'm neurodivergent. You struggle with emotions. I don't think we could be objective about OCs we made who are ourselves. I, I don't, I don't even know where to begin. There's a lot to, uh, there would be just a lot to unpack. I, we don't have I time. I do not know where to begin. <laughs> we to the side. To, to the, the side. side, they're one of the other characters that got fan art. Monster prom to the side. Uh, episode 54 is Scream. We forgot to give this character a name during the podcast, but um, we did cast him as Seth Green.
which I imagine is one of the castings that is not going to make him instantly skyrocket up a couple of tiers. I, that's funny because I was like, he gets some extra points. I love Seth Green. Oh, okay. Hey, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> so, uh, he's the killer. I... He is the ghost face in the movie. He's also like the meta one who, um, but like, he's like the one who has all the genre awareness, but he hasn't actually seen a bunch of horror movies. He's just doing it on gut instinct. Like, oh, that's what I would do if I were in a horror movie. I'm curious where your initial placement is. Just like off the gut, where do you feel like ranking them? Honestly, D. Okay, I was hoping you would because I had, I, I was like, I can talk you up to mid because going back to Jason and Aaron understanding the assignment, we made a direct-to-DVD Scream sequel. Ergo, the character we made can in some ways intentionally be shitty. We don't have to come up with the most... So I feel like that does do something in those understanding the assignment points. And that's my biggest argument for saying this is a mid. I'll allow it. But I am also to I'm also totally fine with D. We can put him right at the line. <laughs> right at the line in between D. I'm not gonna write him on the line. I gotta didn't even I have a physical him. paper in front of me. I gotta choose I gotta choose one. <laughs> I'm just writing down Seth Green. Just writing, just writing Seth Green down. Um, episode 55, um, we talk about kitty horror show games. Um, we made a botanical garden. It's a little bit of a stretch to call it a character, sort of, but... This is a setting before it's a character. Yeah. I think this is how I would have liked the Ice Climbers episode to come together. That being said, I don't have... I think it's a good episode. I don't have, like a lot strong emotional attachment to it where are you feeling i really like the botanical garden i think it's interesting i think it's evocative i would place it in one of the higher tiers an a or a b personally i i give this one up to you because again i think it's good it just doesn't like punch me if it doesn't punch you, you know at all let's put it in b okay let's let's b for botanical garden you're just paying attention for any time that one of them matches the letter hell yeah i am and then we close out, this is all October, obviously, this is a Halloween series, and we close it out with... Spooktacular! We close it out with our revisit of how we do the Dark Universe Part 2. Which I don't think we have to rank, because it was just giving a fuller dimensionality to the characters we had. I sense. think it's a good, I think it's a really good episode. I don't think we have to rank But it's it. already up there in to say about that episode. Yeah. Yeah, so like we don't we don't have to do anything again. Good episode. Check it out if you haven't. One of the one of the better ones we've made. IMO episode fifty seven is Earthsea. Um, this is actually the one that I most recently listened to. I listened to this just on the bus ride on the way home today. We made Pete Sock the Firebrand, who is um, kid in the world who has a mom, and they are on opposing sides of this war. And uh, they, like, come into conflict with each other through that. Only she knows his true name. And so there's kind of, like, a weird power differential. And the two of them are not on good terms, but they're attempting to... But she's attempting to reconcile the relationship. And the story is about that relationship developing. And we talk a lot in that episode about the nuances of like estranged parental relationships and how it would 
be possible or not to amend um, such a thing and what the most responsible way of showcasing that is, which makes it really surprising that you actually didn't bring up your dad almost at all that whole time. How do I want to say not to get personal and then get very personal? Uh, my, me and my dad, we didn't mend yeah. anything at it's the true. end. So it w- Sorry, not to like, make you talk about <laughs> it. I, Sorry, you don't have to. No, 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 no. no. No, 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 it's not that. It's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for words before I'm like trying to avoid the conversation. It's a, it's a thing of, there have been very many moments in my life wherein people have been like, you gotta forgive your dad, man. And I'm like, I don't think that's true. And I don't think you forgive someone if they don't do things to be better. And there's an argument to be made of like, forgiveness is something you do because you're holding on to like baggage, but it's not. It's not like baggage I'm holding on to. I don't feel a weight on my shoulders when I'm like, oh, my dad's in hell and he sucks. It is a reality of my life. And I'm at the point in that life where I can recognize that, like, my dad wasn't a a moral monster. He was a human being within my my viewing more flaws than good. But I can also understand that at the funeral, all of my family had great things to say. And the Maverick they got to look at and know was someone who enriched their lives in a way he never did or seldom did from what my brain chooses to remember in mine. And it's fine. We can both have those things. And I don't think I need to forgive my dad. Ergo, Mm -hmm. I have a perspective that is nuanced and different to bring into that, that... (laughs) feel the need to uh paint into that character i i think i went in wanting to rank it lower but your explanation of made me want to go higher where are you feeling for the ranking my instinct is c tier i think pete sock is fine yeah yeah uh, yeah yeah i agree i i agree with you completely and then keeping in our high literature trend we have episode 58 which is captain underpants Ooh, like, that's a captain good one. underpants episode we made one. stripey the skunk um, a mutated skunk named Stripey. <laughs> he's, he's a stink hulk, right? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody, like, brings their pet skunk in, and I forget exactly what the origin story of Stripey the skunk is, but, um, you know, all of the Captain Underpants villains are takes on a certain kind of supervillain, and he becomes a hulk. He, like, becomes this big, powerful guy who um smashes things around that george and harold have to find a way to stop i honestly there's a lot about this episode that eludes me at this point i i haven't listened to it in a while and there's a lot of things that i don't remember but i remember liking stripey a lot afterwards so the beat i think really makes stripey is that when he hulks out he becomes like a frankenstein-esque figure who speaks eloquently about his uh, <laughs> profound loneliness because there was no one else like him. And George and Harold like pick their nose and fart and go, what? <laughs> uh, and I think, again, I, we That's come so back funny. to it, this whole list, understanding the assignment, it feels like a Captain Underpants Doesn't character. Doesn't it just? I, I really think we nailed that feeling. I, I think this is a I, this is a higher this is a higher one for me. I'm I'm thinking A. I I feel good about A. That's really funny. You know, the, you've re-explained that joke. That's great. I'm on board. <laughs> <laughs> that sometimes that's what you need. Hey, speaking of A's here, um, episode 59, IMO, um, this is our Pathfinder episode. Uh, we didn't know yeah, what we were doing I, going I, in. This is A tier. You you just like were like, hey, what is an RPG that you would want to make a character in? And then you're like, cool, that's the episode that we're doing. And this episode is incredible because <laughs> you can hear in the episode the moment 
when I decide to start a Pathfinder campaign. And I'm in a game now! I, like, put a campaign together, like, because of this episode. I put a group we meet every two weeks. We've done, like, ten sessions by now. Um, I have some, like, very dear friends in it. Um, people who I might not get to see very often, except for that. We have, like, a Discord server. Like, like an ongoing hobby in my life came out of this episode. And, like, I went back and re-listened to it long after starting it. And it was, like, incredible to hear, like, the moment when I decided to start a Pathfinder campaign. Wild. But we made half of a party. Uh, Mally Tao, Spoon, and Princess Penelope. And I, I really like all of them. I think they're really interesting, fun characters. I agree with everything you said. I like the dynamic. I actually knew exactly what I wanted to do with this episode going in. I just didn't know if it would work or not. And thank goodness it did. <laughs> also, in terms of the history of the podcast, this is the episode where we uh, officially became friends of the show with the Dark Universe because this episode has a plug for their show. That's true, uh, yeah. I, I think this episode is important for our history. I think we came up with some good characters. I'm, I've really been itching to come back to this yeah. setting specifically and fill out this party. I, I, I really like these guys. You, you, you dropped the seeds for that in this episode. You were like, you were like, we're gonna do half of the party now, and someday we'll do a revisit, and we can come back and make the other three, and we'll have a full party, which is really especially exciting for me because in the last like few weeks, like especially since starting this Pathfinder campaign, I've been getting more into the actual lore of Galarian, the Pathfinder world, which was uh, like something that I like, like that episode was pretty fly by the seat of my pants. Like I hadn't read up that much on Galarian, but like now I actually know things about it and would be able to bring things to it. So. Um, I'm really excited to do the Pathfinder revisit episode at some point. Is this S? Is this S tier? I think that this is still A personally. I don't think this is up there with Dark Universe or Chip or Becca. Um, I think it's really, really good. Okay, then you know what? Yeah, okay. This is yeah, high upper echelons of A. I, I agree. I agree. Really good episode, though. Good episode, everyone. Check it out. I edited this one on vacation. Anyway, next episode is Mr. Boop, so sorry. <laughs> Ugh, fucking, um, <laughs> we made, I don't, um, even, I, don't, I don't, I don't. We adapted Clifford, you, Clifford you the talk. Big Red Dog, into the horny fucky cartoon character comic. If you ever want to listen to me experience artist panic just emotional dread the fear that my work in the grand cosmic scale will never matter or impact anyone emotionally listen to that episode everybody uh fucking and we made a a man in a clifford suit uh-huh. and i yell a lot <laughs> i think it's a really funny episode i think the character is d tier i agree i agree with you completely Funny episode. Listen to the episode. Uh, the, ca- the character's fine. The character's not the highlight <laughs> of that episode. <laughs> Hence why we didn't talk that much about him. <laughs> um, fortunately, the next episode is My Hero Academia, which I think is a, a real turn upwards for the quality of the character we created. We created Green Thumb, who's like the school gardener figure, a, a little side character in the show who gets to exist on campus. Um, uh, one of the two Christmas episodes that of that year. I know that we're going to come back for a future Academia episode at some point, but um... yeah. So we've talked a lot about it's hard for the ones where you're really attached to. That being said, this isn't one where like Ducktales. I go, this is a, a bad example. I did not explain why the show is good. I think 
I do pretty well in this one. I don't get the icks thinking about it. I think you decided on side character, faculty member who is not a teacher, and in those terms, I think we made a character who excels at being supportive and featured sparingly in a few episodes. I think for what he is, we nailed it. I think also for what it is, they're not like all that important i think it is like when i left season one of the mandalorian i said that is the most perfect five out of ten show i've ever seen in my life and i feel the same about green thumb and it's not an insult that's understanding that not everyone is the star football player how do you feel i i would i would lean towards c or b for green thumb in general i I think i want to go b i think i want to go b for green thumb b it is uh, and then for the episode that you gave me, we have 21 Jump Street. Um, we make Mr. X, the crypto criminal, back to our fascination with NFTs. But this guy is scamming the fuck out of people and um, our heroes have to go chase him down. Um, Xander Buffkiss is his name. Xander Buffkiss, Mr. X. I think it's a good episode. I think his character is fine. I, I think... Charlie Day, the casting, carries a lot of yeah, our fault in it. I Man, I'm, casting people, it does a lot. It does a lot. It does. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it because this episode's running long. We'll talk about it when we either revisit Pathfinder or when we do our Critical Role episode proper. But yeah, casting does a lot. Are you thinking C or D? That's where I'm at. I would like to go C. I think that and I like that one's just me capitulating to casting, I think, largely. Is that okay? Honestly, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm like, I was trying to think of some some bits with him, and we have some good bits. Um, him one trying and failing to be serious. I, yeah, I think I think C. I think you can throw him right there, right that mid. Episode sixty three, creepy freaks. We made a booster pack of creepy freaks. This one's interesting to rank because they're not characters their ideas for minifigs it's sort of in a similar vein to the kim possible episode in my mind okay like it is i I think we did a good job it definitely they're not gonna like change anybody's life these characters i think this episode was largely functional which is a compliment this is the episode where i had a a video essay that i had written (laughs) but just never produced and good episode fine characters we we did what we were supposed to i think this is a textbook b let's throw our boost b for booster pack bam that's right again episode 64 is twilight we made liberté the revolutionary uh everyone was waiting for the twilight episode i imagine i assume people were waiting for the twilight episode here it is i feel bad about this episode I think this was um, another instance in which maybe we didn't properly prepare our guests for exactly what was going to be happening in that episode, which I feel a little bad about. I think that the Twilight episode is not one of the stronger instances um, on the podcast. Liberté is just kind of, I don't know, maybe a little a little bit uninteresting to me. With all due respect to all parties involved i think this is my least favorite episode i don't think things gelled in a way i 
I know I checked out because I felt like I was talking to people who very much like Twilight. One of them who I do not have the emotional connection I have to you. So I can be like, Amber, right. shut the fuck up. You're stupid and wrong. And that's fine in a way I can't with a stranger. So that I makes a lot of sense. Yeah. feel like I brought a lot. Um, it's just, it's not my personal favorite. It's the least one I don't. I, I don't have a lot to say about Liberté. I think that we might want to consider Liberté for F tier. I was slowly holding up the F and I was like, we're not on camera. They can't see yeah. it. Yeah, I think, uh, I think this is an F. <laughs> um, yeah, Ufemia, um, this is uh, uh, nothing personal. Some of the episodes are not stronger than others. I, I feel bad that we got you on for one of the weaker episodes. We can try again for for uh, for another one so that you can be on a better episode at some point. We'll have you on for a good one. Yeah. We've made bad ones, and it's our show. The next one, though, is a much stronger entry. We have How We Do a Suicide Squad. This one's good. This is a good one. Have you listened to this one? I would like to apologize for a moment, because that opening where I'm like, truly offensive to my senses, I had to record that like seven times, so the first time, like the first five times when I go, truly an insult to my senses, it's very clear I'm being cheeky in a way where I feel like the opening for that episode now sounds like I'm actually angry at you, so I would just like to take a moment to apologize for that. <laughs> I'm assuming the audio truly was an insult to your senses. I, I, I did not feel <laughs> insulted by it. I was actually like, oh, shit, my audio is bad. I'm sorry, Tevin. <laughs> okay, I just want that on the record. This is a good it's fucking a good episode. episode. Like, even even with me having to play Amber, like, again, you were fucking firing full creative blasts. This is, I'm proud of this one. This is one I am proud this, of. This was really, like, a good example of us working together well as hosts um, creatively. Like, I would not have been able to do this on my own. Um, not least of all, because I don't know that much about Suicide Squad. And I don't think you would have been able to do this episode on your own either. Um, this was something that absolutely came out of, like, the particular alchemy that you and I have. I, I love this. Yeah, this is a, another prime example of peanut butter and jelly, us coming together to really make something good. I, like you said earlier for the Barbara Gordon, when it is our take on existing characters, I think we have to make an example for why our versions matter and i think we do more than anything that moment that moment we give clayface yeah and i was just thinking of that one yeah clayface gets to be his hands i think that's a wonderful moment i think this is an a-tier episode tar pit who seldom gets to the, yeah this is a tier yeah. this, this is a this is a fucking good this episode. is a good episode anything that gives the heckler a big canon w is a win in my book and we fucking do it a tier for suicide squad episode 66 calvin and hobbs also a wonderful episode, IMO, yes, right? Shay and Copernicus. This is the only episode I have ever wanted Mrs. Henderson to listen to. <laughs> we, we fucking love... I mean, it's Calvin and fucking Hobbes. So, like, the, the standards that we had to fill here were just enormous. Like, more than any other... Like, I previously in this episode have been like, we're allowed to say that we're S tier sometimes. We're, this is a pretty good split. But in this moment, like, I'm like, wow, is it egotistical to say that we rose to the occasion of creating a Calvin and Hobbes character? But, like, like obviously it's all an execution. But, I, but like, I think we did. I think Shay and Copernicus are wonderful. Coming back to that, how much do I wish I could Google search this character? How much do I wish they were canon? I... I think we like it is very strange to say rose to the occasion like matched bill watterson but like i 
I, I think we made something that really belongs in the property. I, I, I think we found a puzzle piece no one knew was missing. I, I, I'm, I'm big on Shane Copernicus. I, they're, they're good. It's really fucking I'm good. I'm willing to go S tier. I, I think that's reasonable. Yeah, I think it's an S tier. I just wanted to say real quick, I haven't made highlights in quite some time because I found a way to do like audio waves that's really a hassle, so I might just drop it. But like the first part of the highlight is just when you explain what the emotional bit is, and it it gives me goosebumps, man. It's a good fucking it's episode. It's a good fucking episode. Uh, yeah. Uh what a, yeah. S tier. Um, episode 67, Hades. Hey, we talked about coming back to our How We Do Greek Mythology characters. Here they are, way, way back, like 60-odd episodes later. Ophi and Deneus have returned, and now they are Hades' side characters. And the question of the day is really, like, how do we adapt these two characters that we already made to Hades? Um, it's kind of difficult to rank because we, we... Well, we already did them. They're already, you know, like... We made our Greek myth characters B tier already. What I want to say is I think this is an episode where the dialogue beforehand is more important because I fucking adore Hades and I have a stronger emotional attachment to it than I thought I would when I, it was just a fun game to play. Mm -hmm. I think that part is good. I think you do a better job adapting your character to Hades than I do despite you not having played it and I think some of that is because I was pretty creatively spent and I already know how it works in my brain so I didn't do a good job vocalizing that I I think keep him in B I think we did a good job mm -hmm. adaptating it and that's kind of secondary to what that episode is I'm I'm fine with keeping them where they are B again um, episode 68 we have Disco Elysium where we made what's his name the maintenance man uh, absolutely heartbreaking, this guy who um, is ignored by everyone and has this, like, deeply emotional moment with 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 your character before you forget all of your memories. Um, uh, and therefore, everyone, including you, has forgotten him. Heartbreaking. I am not as excited about what's-his-name as I think I might be, although I think a big part of that is because we did understand the assignment, and I tend not to be as excited about the Disco Elysium characters as a lot of people are, <laughs> you know? Um, and I think he does he does fit the world really well. That, to me, like, definitively puts him in A tier, because that is your exact reaction to Disco Elysium. I just want to say, I think that's a phenomenal episode. I listen to Small Beans. They have a lot of good shows. And at one point, one of the co-hosts was like, Michael, I agree with you, but for good podcasting, I have to disagree, so we have a dialogue. And I think that is an episode where we are in disagreement and it makes the show better. Um, just an exploration of the That's game true. as a whole. I think it's a wonderful episode. I am hurt that it is <laughs> the least listened to episode we have. Is it really? <laughs> but yeah, I... Go listen to the Disco yeah, Elysium it's episode. Got, it's like, good. You love... Everybody listening to this loves Disco Elysium. What are you guys talking about? Why haven't you listened to it? It's a good episode. It's about Disco Elysium. Come on, you you know Disco Elysium? You love Disco Elysium. It's about Disco Elysium. Everybody loves Disco Elysium. I, yeah, I, th I think we nailed it. I think we nailed it. And I think I, I was I was already coming out A, but the fact that you were like, I kind of don't care because it's Disco Elysium. That's how I feel about most of it. I think that like I'm, nails I it. Think like, we did. That's totally reasonable. <laughs> we put him in A tier. Bam. A tier for whoever the fuck was his name. Our um at time of recording, this will give you an idea of how far in advance we record. Uh, at time of recording, our most uh, our, our most recent episode. Um, is episode 69. Nice, 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 nice.
this is Daredevil, the um, the Netflix show, um, uh, released way out of order. We recorded this way, way before. This was actually, like, the last thing. This is the first thing we recorded after the Amber Retrieval arc. It didn't get released for a long time because of uh, just, like, a bookkeeping error. But now it's here. We talked about Daredevil, and we made our adaptation of Mr. Fear. And by we made, I mostly mean that you and Reggie made. Um, this is you two talking, and I, was, I, and I listened in this episode. Yeah, this is... Reggie Devon featuring Amber Autumn. I think this is a good episode. I think the dialogue's great. I think I again, I think Reggie guest hosts and they immediately enter top tier episode discussions. I also like our take on Mr. Fear. I think we do a good job of justifying him, giving him more of a personality outside of the costume, and the fact that Mr. Fear is a Matt Murdock villain first and a daredevil villain second so giving him a personality that exists outside of the costume is important i think making him sort of a foppish mall goth outside is fun i think the fact that the costume and the chance to perform gives him more of a personality and confidence is a great thing to do with a villain i like that he has a relationship with karen it just feels correct it's it well recording we all kind of were in agreement I'm going to be upset if Mr. Fear shows up and he isn't our take. I, I think I back to back A's. These are two banger episodes in my okay. opinion. And then we get to get into um, the yet to be released episodes at time of recording. We, yeah, we get to we get to go into our um, our three parter on Dimension 20. So uh, first we have season one Fantasy High. So, Fantasy High is a John Hughes-directed Dungeons & Dragons campaign. I love it to death. I'm high... This is another example of a DuckTales where I don't feel like I did a great job. I feel like I get better over the course of this trilogy. I was just having an off day when we recorded it. I feel like Hans carries a lot. He carries a lot of the weight for me in explaining why these characters are as endearing as I find them. Um, And we make Grigori the coin master. He's a Goliath who works at an arcade, who struggles with his magic because academia teaches it in a rigid way and the way he can process it is not in tune with that. And I think he's kind of fine do you have any argument in either direction i think the bit where the kids call him the coin master is funny yeah i i i like him a lot um i enjoy thinking about him uh hanging out i just think that the vibe of gregory is really wonderful i don't think that i would smack him in a tier but i think i would probably consider him for b yeah b tier it's i was saying it's hard for me to judge this episode because i was so self-conscious about my performance that i comment about it in the next two dimension 20 episodes but yeah if you if you think i think you did better than you think you did i can agree that the vibes are good okay yeah i'm i'm currently editing the episode we'll find out i just dropped a thing mike picked it up b tier for gregory perfect and then um next is uh my little pony um where we make lay pony (laughs) A take on Rage Comics um, made after the show started capitulating to all the fans. I mean, this is another instance where it's a bad character who understands the assignment, right? It is stupid by intention, so how many points does that... I think it's a 
I think it's a good episode. I think it's a good discussion. I I think it's an episode that sticks out in my brain more for the talk part than the character specifics, but I meant to be dumb and it is. That counts for something, right? Yeah, it does. I don't really know where to put Leiponi. I mean it's a it's a fun episode. It doesn't immediately stick out. Do we want to say C tier? Leiponi is fine. Yeah, let's go C tier. Uh Dimension Twenty Part Two <laughs> The Unsleeping City. I think it's good. I don't remember much about Amir. I feel like we're in this little window where it's like a couple of months ago. Um, this is like, these are the ones that we're honestly going to have the hardest trouble remembering because like we haven't been able to go back and listen to them yet, you know? And I don't know anything about Dimension 20 already anyway, so I, I was already sort of not as high on the understanding track of this episode as you were. C with an asterisk of hindsight could change the listing i feel like would be fine because i just i mostly he owns a bodega he's got a relationship to pete the plug there's a cat he's selling yeah drugs that induce nightmares i don't know what really cohered there i remember yeah i'm remembering like fact sheet things before i'm remembering anything emotional but i do remember the episode being a good time um, and then we talked about Portal, and we came up with Shelly Hathaway, which is kind of funny that we named her Shelly, you know? That's funny. Shelly is a good character. Do you remember this one? Give me a refresher. It's funny, it was my episode, but I'm like, what did we do with her? So the bit with Shelly is that Shelly runs, what's the company in the Portal games? Black Mesa, Aperture Science. Aperture Science. She she was like West Coast Aperture Science, right? Yeah, West Coast Aperture Science, and the recurring bit is she will say something, and then the universe will immediately prove her wrong. So she's like, we have the safest place of all time, and then an explosion happens before her hologram. It's so safe here. Right. And she is dead set on creating something that is better than her opponents who don't really know science. I think we matched that, like, deceptively dark like deceptively sinister tone that portal goes for i think i'm higher on shelly because i remember a little bit more i do think this is an example of if you listened to the if the episode was out you'd want to rank her probably high i feel like this is a b or an a i think we put shelly in b and then our last dimension 20 episode where we came up with colonel cornelius Colonel Cornelius is fucking good. We both agree. We both mm-hmm. just agreed immediately. We fucking understood this character. I this is I truly feel the best job I did in any of the Dimension 20 episodes. I think we really nailed it out of the park. We came up with a Desperado was the wrong word, but like a vagabond, a, a journeyman sort of guyliner biker wearing person who doesn't fit in with anyone really he doesn't have like a sense of belonging and so as he travels he accrues this colonel crew of other people who feel like they don't belong in the strict societies of candia and he's got this vagabond sort of biker gang aesthetic but in a medieval setting uh, brotherhood without banners would be the game of thrones analog because so much of crown of candies inspired by game of thrones i'm 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 big ups on colonel cornelius i think is an a tier character i i agree i think cornelius is a tier and then uh coming in on the end here we have um order of the stick which is our i think first and only episode so far in which we have two guest stars 
um, which is exciting. It was a lot of people talking at once, but I think we actually mostly managed it up until the end. I feel really bad about it. I'm hoping that we fix it in the edit by the time it comes out, that it felt like it was a lot of people talking over each other right at the, right at the like, climax of the episode. Um, but assuming that we get past that. Here's my enormously hot take on this episode before we get into Pixie Twinkle Toes. I truly do not remember her name, and I don't think I say it on my recording. But here's my hot take on this episode. I want a Order of the Stick revisit episode wherein I am not there and it is full-on spoilers because I was most interested in Phoebe's takes because Noah said that she had a lot and then you said no spoilers and then Phoebe went, I don't know what I'm going to say now. So I am more interested in that discussion between all of you three super fans than I am for being there and I really hope somewhere in the future you all three get together and do an episode that is just you guys talking full on unbridled about Order of the Stick. I think that's what I'm really interested in here and that's my big hot take on the episode. That makes a lot of sense to me. I think that we could we could get away with that at some point. As it stands, the character I really like our character a lot. I think that she's really interesting. I, it's difficult with some of the things that happened at the end to explain why she's interesting without spoilers. It like sort of just like in accordance with the thing that you've just said here. Um, Like it's one of those characters where truly like the first time that she shows up, you don't understand the like emotional significance that she has until later. Once you understand spoiler things about the plot, Um, which makes her a little bit difficult to rank. My impulse would fully be to put her in A tier, um, but I understand that that is not coming from uh, an objective place. I'm inclined to agree, and here's why. Because of my loose understanding of Order of the Stick. I only read, like, the first few chapters, and I know how you guys explain the series, and you've explained many a times it's Babylon 5, but better. And so understanding that, and understanding that we introduce a character whom you do not fully understand why they're important, and later there is a big reveal that changes everything you thought you understood, I think it works. I think you guys succeeded at making an Oots character, I say, as not an Oots fan, so I, I understand wanting to put her in A. Um, wonderful. Uh, and then we have our Dark Universe casting, which I don't feel like necessarily needs a rank yeah, it doesn't. That was we were just. I we cast I got to cast fun. Emma Darcy as Dracula. That's S, but like we're not ranking it because it's not. Mm-hmm. It was, it's just casting. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we did Scott Pilgrim, where we made David, who is funny. He has one funny joke. He's fine. I think we're closing it out with a C. David is. David's a, a C. David is the one that got away from Ramona. He's pretty uncomplicatedly a good guy and one that got away is a middle of a misnomer like one that got away in terms of a flirtation ship and because he is better than scott he like wusha fighting accidentally beats scott because scott goes in for a fight and david is not a member of the evil exes so doesn't even know what is happening so scott like defeats himself that's the bit that's david he's fun he's fine but we're not quite closing out on him because we have three more episodes. The wrestling three-parter where we have Lispy Lestat, Johnny Ashes, and Jay Ricardo. Um, all of which oh, have a special guest. Oh, the wrestlings. Uh, so we start with Lispy Lestat, right? Yeah, so Lispy Lestat. The Lispy fucking... Lestat is our Attitude Era, big dumb shenanigans, loud, pervasive gimmick. In the 90s, he is a WWF wrestler whose gimmick 
is that he is a vampire, a queer vampire. <laughs> he wants to suck your blood, which is scary because it's gay. <laughs> scary because of eroticism. I think this episode has a, it's another Reggie one. So I think the conversation is very fun, and I think this character is perfectly serviceable. And now I will say this on recording, because Reggie and I both proved ourselves to be fake wrestling fans, because the catchphrase we came up with was, you don't suck, I suck. And if we made a vampire who's all about sucking, he would have to get into a feud with Kurt Angle, because Kurt Angle, the legit Olympic gold medalist, he comes out, and then the crowd goes, you suck, you suck, and it's the whole thing. So these two would have to collide at some point. We didn't bring it up in episode. Reggie and I failed. We failed the wrestling F-tier, F-tier character. F tier for you fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) You fucked up. You fucked up. You fucked up. Oh, we're getting booed by the crowd. (laughs) I think Elizabeth Stad is a is a C character. They are serviceable and fine. Johnny Ashes is my favorite, and also honestly, probably one of my favorite episodes. Um, I loved having Lilith on for this. This was that was it was a wonderful episode. I loved I loved it. I loved every second of it. I mean, I didn't understand half of it because it was just you two talking about wrestling. But um, the parts that I did understand, oh, yeah, I loved. It was just, <laughs> it was just two nerds talking about death matches. But I love all of our friends. They are all wonderful people who I love in real life. I have loved having all of them on the show. Lilith was like the first guest where I'm like, oh, you have a podcast. You oh, get you do to this. Form into a microphone. You know what this you're is doing. The thing you do. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it is. Again, top tier episodes, and I fuck, I fucking love Johnny Ashes. I love our deathmatch fucking greaser boy, who is who is terminally in love with the one person who can defeat him, the champion of I forgot what promotion we put them in. But yeah, I Johnny Ashes rules that episode rules. At least an A, maybe an S. It's hard to put this one in S because it's not even released yet. So like, there's a history thing that will have to happen. But yeah, I I feel 100% perfectly yes, A-OK, A-tier character at the least. I really want to put him in S-tier. I... do we... I... It, okay, we can I, put A. I feel fine. like we're both going to... Okay, yeah, okay, okay. A with an asterisk, hindsight, you'll probably be S. <laughs> And then finally, Jay Ricardo, our uh, our big ass pirate woman. This is the one we have James on. It's the only one of these episodes that is only going to have two audio streams because I got to record in person with my friend James, who I hadn't seen in a while. We got to talk about the fact that he's a meme. You uh-huh. may know him. Uh-huh. He's slightly internet famous. I think this is a good one. It was fun to have. I think this character, I want to put him in B. I think we found something that's a little stock for wrestling. I think we found a new fun spin on it because we remember that we don't actually have to worry about how crowds reaction. We're allowed to fully engage in storytelling. I think it's a B. I think it goes a little beyond uh, that C level. I, I think, yeah, Jay Ricardo, I feel strongly putting her in B. B it is. Give me just a second to run a couple numbers here. 
All right, so um, that's all of the episodes. In F tier, we have Taxis, How We Do the Creeper, Thrombles, and Liberté in D with, with a total of four entries. Um, in D tier, we have 11 entries with Balor, George Clark, Barbara Gordon, Pete, Bucky, and Botrock, How We Do D&D, Shibito, How We Do Ice Climbers, um, whatever Seth Green character's name is, Clifford and Amir. Uh, C tier, <laughs> we have 16 characters with Yogalanda, Al Gutierrez, Seda Ozman, Violet and Colts, Monophemus, Arpeggio, Vigo, Goral Nesbit, our high school D&D AU, um, Zach Slinar, Reverend Jacob, Pete Sock, Mr. X, Lay Pony, David, and Lispy Lestat. In B tier, we have 19 characters with Aiden and Morgana, Rebel Turbo and Jet, How We Do Greek Mythology, HK420, Fred the Goblin, Sinestra, Prometheus, Trent, How We Do Star Wars, Big Wing, Colin... Colin Lysmith, The Assistant, Bunt Jackson, Botanical Garden, Green Thumb, Creepy Freaks, Gregory, Shelley, and Jay Ricardo. In A tier, we have 17 with April the Fool, Gorgon Queen, Ada Valentina, Vicious Six, Calvin Fogg, Zombie, Polly, James Game Gandolfini, uh, Job Avedon, Stripey, Pathfinder, How We Do Suicide Squad, What's His Name, Mr. Fear, Co Colonel Cornelius, um, our Oots character, John and Johnny Ashes. And in S tier, we have six characters with Panther, How We Do Dark Universe, Chip, Colt Spurs, Becca, and Shay and Copernicus, which is a nice little bell curve centered around B tier, which I think is exactly where you want it to be. Um, and that's season one of original podcast Do Not Steal. Holy fucking shit. We did it. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Looking at that listed out. You know, I'm feeling a lot better than when. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, right. this is a this is I'm a right. good show. We make good characters. God damn it! Here's to season two. More of that. Holy fuck! We've been doing this for Here's two and a half to hours. Season two. We truly have, which means it's it's time for fucking sign offs. Absolutely. Join us next week when Amber tries in vain to get us to talk <laughs> about Gem and the Holograms, but we talk about something else um we're gonna be starting off season two um we're gonna be taking a couple of weeks break uh we're taking a couple weeks off in between seasons but we're starting season two it's gonna be largely the same show but with a few differences um and we're starting our first episode is gonna be we're gonna be making an anton chekhov play we're gonna make or a, a, a character in an anton chekhov play so, yeah, join us for that. I will have my own sign-off. I'm not doing it right. I've already come up with what it is, um, but I'm not doing it right now because it's still season one. But um, look forward to that. Thank you all for joining us for uh, the entire two and a half hours. If you listened to any of the episodes before this, thank you so much for doing that. Um, it's, like, seriously been a gift to do this. I haven't every single week wanted to record because, um, you know, I've been having... Uh, I had a hard time during some of them, but, like... Truly what a gift this podcast has been to me and what a gift so many of these people have been. And also, Devin, did you know that I fucking love you? That I fucking love you to death and you're one of my dearest friends. And um, I'm really, really grateful that that you wanted to do this in the first place. Like, yeah, God bless. I, I love you too, man. I So I made that tweet where I was like, like this and I'll share what matching friendship tattoos I'd get with you. And it just got me thinking about everyone I'd do it. And the matching friendship tattoo I'd get with you would be a little bridge and the words, you know, you're one of my best friends. 
because that's a moment I think about with you quite often. Just a pivotal moment for our friendship, hanging out in my Hobbit spot in the rain, and you just looked over to me and you said, you're one of my best friends, do you know that? And yeah, <laughs> you're one of my best friends, Amber, do you know that? <laughs> do you want to get a matching tattoo? Do you want to get matching tattoos? I'll fucking do it. I'll do it. Bro, <laughs> this, is, this is fucked up. I'm not I kidding. Like an hour-long conversation with Taylor about getting matching tattoos. And so, like, I, one of the jokes we had was, like, getting matching Butters tattoos from South Park. <laughs> and I've been drawing them. Jesus. Um, wow. This oh. is such a... I don't know how the fuck we're going to edit. Whoever edits this doesn't have to edit for, like, another month. Um... Honestly, Loki, I think this is going to be an easy edit job. Oh, you think? Okay. Kind of on fire for the most part. So, I like, Loki, you just kind of sync it up and you're good. I do think that I gave a lot less ums than usual. I imagine behind the scenes info that um, most of the editing work, uh, certainly on my end, probably on your end as well, is just removing all of the ums that I say. So, sorry about that. Yeah, it is what it is. It's it's taught, this this podcast has given me the skill of audio editing and that's something i can put on my resume but anyways this episode is running long uh, join us next week if you call eight five 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 nine og pod you can leave us voicemails that's right we're gonna become a life assistance podcast <laughs> we will answer all of your heart beating questions in season two our theme music is by kyle alicia whose work you can find at the real my name as it has been for this entire season has been amber autumn she her my name has been prince devon and will continue to be riding into season two isn't that a beautiful sunset you lovely lovely audience i love you all um and good night we love you very much bye